do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining! Welcome to Downtown Park. Your one-stop shop for NBA recaps, breaking news, and previews. Follow and retweet twitter.com slash downtownpod. Like and share facebook.com slash downtownpod. Email your thoughts, ideas, suggestions, and questions to downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. Downtown Pod, now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Downtown! What it do, baby? It's Jack dialing it in from way downtown. We are on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash downtownpod. Please get on there. Make sure you follow us, share us, retweet our pin tweet and our pods that drop daily at Downtown Pod on Twitter. Email downtownpodhoops at gmail.com with your thoughts, suggestions, questions, segment ideas, anything that you want to hear on the show. You may want to come on, be my co-host, send in a bit of a sample of you wrapping up your favorite game or your favorite team or your favorite player or some stats that you know. We would love to get you involved here on the People's Podcast. It is Downtown Pod. Today, we wrap a full chock-a-block Saturday board of games in the association. We have got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games to wrap with most of the NBA teams in action today. The Pistons, the Wizards, the Nets, the 76ers, the Bulls, Thunder, Mavs, Nuggets, Jazz, and Clippers are the home teams, and we are going to get through each and every single one of those games, bring you the box score all the stats, the jump out stats that you might not see in the box score. We'll pick it up, identify it, and lay it down for you as well. After that, the breaking news in the NBA, stuff that you might have got in your feed, but things that you might not have known occurred overnight out of the States. We'll bring it to you here on Downtown Pod. At the end of the day, we are the People's Pod, and we bring you what you need to know. It's that simple. If you're sick of scrolling through socials for NBA scores, recaps, and breaking news well rejoice come downtown with us hashtag home of hoops at downtown pod on twitter email downtown pod hoops at gmail.com let's get stuck into game one of our saturday recaps downtown All right, kicking it now with the first game of the Saturday slate in the NBA. It's the Hornets and the Wizards in Washington. The Wiz took the win, 125 to 118, behind 52% shooting from the field. The Hornets had 51% from the field, but it was the shots in the clutch that mattered the most. Sussing the box score, and it was the uh, Wizards 
who dominated their guard rotation with Bradley Bill pouring in 30 points, 12 assists in his first double-double uh, for a while. The rookie Rui Hashimura off the bench had 15 points, two rebounds and two steals. But it was Jordan McRae who had some X-Factor plays late and on the de defensive end with 13 points, one rebound, three assists and one block. And Davis Bertans, he caught fire in the second quarter. Seven of 13 from the field, but six of those seven were three-point bombs. He had 20 points, eight rebounds and four assists and over achieved massively in this game. The Wiz found themselves down big in the fourth quarter, but behind Bradley Bill, they came charging through, and Thomas Bryant was clutched with a couple of th free throws down the stretch, had 21 points, 11 rebounds, and one block. On the Charlotte side of things, Devontae Graham continues to impress. He stuffs the stat sheet yet again, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and the field goal percentage there was 8 of 15, so a more economic night for Devontae Graham. Terry Rozier was not too bad again, 19 points. He blew a couple of chances though down the stretch, took it inside, jumped in the air against a couple of Wizards defenders when the Hornets got overtaken by a late 25 to five run by the Wiz. And Bridges was the best player for Charlotte with 31 points and eight rebounds. They didn't get much help off the bench except Malik Monk poured in 19 points, had two boards and two assists. And PJ Washington had seven points and seven assists in a little under 30 minutes of game time. The Hornets bat pretty much eight deep. Biombo played six minutes, Bacon played six, but they had no effect on the game at all. Charlotte was missing Kid Gilchrist and Hernan Gomez, but for the Wizards, they were strong and they took the win 125 to 118. A few quick takes. The green lights were flashing in Wiztown tonight, both teams, and every single player on that court had the ability and the opportunity to shoot when they wanted. And if you want a game that's fun to watch, a team you're looking for, haven't got a team yet, jump on the Wiz. When they get their defensive end sorted out in the next couple of seasons, trust Scott Brooks to nail down that defense. Right now, he's given the green light to all his players, and they are fun to watch. There wasn't much of a defensive play going on, but down the stretch, the Wiz uh, held the Hornets to only four or five points coming into the final buzzer. Hornets were up about 13 with seven left on the clock, and they thought they were done, switched off, and the Wiz overtook them and went nuts. Davis Bertans had an absolute streak second quarter. The Wiz is made up of all these streaky players. Bradley Bill the only one to play a full 48-minute game most of the time for Washington. On that, Brad Bill became the sixth all-time assist leader for the Wiz, and they took the win, 125-118, improving to 4-8, while the Hornets fall to 6-9. John Butler, official, missed that baseline, out of bounds. Bridges was out. Beal, kick out, Bertans. To the corner, McRae for three. Got it! Wizards on top! Downtown! Now they're getting greedy. Yeah, it, uh, that was a heat check, no question about it. Trey, quick pass, Jeff Barry all alone. All the defense went to Trey and they couldn't stop him. And a running rebound for Hunter. Hawks with numbers on the bounce. Jeff Barry takes care of business. Up next, game two of the Saturday slate. Pistons hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Detroit got the win 128 to 103. Another one-sided game and a blowout for the Atlanta Hawks. Not what they need in their quest to rebuild. A quality start by the Hawks. They were off to a 17 to five start, but that was it. The Pistons from there took control of the game. They had a 10 point lead at halftime and they increased that to a 19 point lead at the major break at halftime. 
won every quarter, went line to line, wire to wire, and took the win. Behind almost 60% shooting from the field, the Pistons dominated the Atlanta Hawks. Even Trey Young couldn't do much about it. The Pistons' defense, not renowned for that, but uh, they absolutely stifled Trey Young, the future superstar and MVP of this league, in my opinion. Young was only kept 9 points, 6 rebounds and 8 assists the first time this season when fully fit. Young has not reached double figures. So there you go. It was DeAndre Brembry who got more minutes than he bargained for. He played 35 minutes in this game and had 22 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists and 4 steals. For the Hawks, Alex Len finished on the court, 12 points and 3 rebounds. If he's their backup center and their go-to, it's not going to look good for the next few seasons for the Hawks. They are struggling when they have Trey Young off the court to run the offense. A bright spark over the past two games, though, has been the form of DeAndre Hunter. He had 18 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block of 7 of 17 shooting. Plus, minus, minus 10, but doesn't matter. He was the one that led from the front for the Hawks tonight in this game as they were going down by 25 in the end. Both teams now 4 and 10. On the Pistons side of things, well, Andre Drummond is that guy sticking around in uh, Detroit next season. The Pistons will no doubt offer him the max contract. He has a choice to make. It's not a destination. The Pistons probably aren't making the playoffs or going anywhere soon. They might scrape it in the East, but are they going to challenge and try to win a few games in there? Definitely not, in my humble opinion. Drummond continued his great form, had 23 points, 15 rebounds, and it showed when Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are out there together, they combined for 47 of the 128 Pistons points tonight, and they had an absolute ball out there when they were balling off against each other. It looked like there was a one-on-one -on -one game on the same team, on the same court at the same time, but it was fantastic to see Blake Griffin out there looking fully fit. Bit of an injury scare in the first half for Blake Griffin, but he rebounded and got back out there and finished off his game pretty well. Off the bench, Mark. Mark, uh, Marcus? Markeith, one of the Morrises anyway, I think it's Markeith, had 13 points, 4 of 5 shooting, hit a couple of clutch threes with the shot clock running out, and Langston Galloway wasn't too bad tonight, 12 points. The uh, the upstart though was the form of Wood, the rookie for the Pistons, 11 points, 7 rebounds, 4 blocks, he was ginormous. The Aussie Thon maker, in case we've got some Aussie listeners out there, had a 3 point bomb on the halftime siren, but apart from that, 6 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists and 2 steals, 1 block. He filled the box score out, but not too much impact from Thon out there tonight. The guy who I was impressed with, though, the Duke Blue Devil from a Duke player, Luke Kennard, had nine assists, had nine points. He had a patch in the second or the first quarter in the first half when he was absolutely balling. The Pistons don't like to play a running gun offense, but he took the ball a couple of times in transition and got down the court and went up for the layup a couple of times in a row and got back-to-back -back buckets for the Pistons, and that's when they were absolutely rolling. Both teams now 4-10 and ten as we move on to the next game in our Saturday slate. Pistons 128, Hawks 103. Bruce drives it, shoots the pass to Thon Maker. At the horn! He hits it! Pistons have their biggest lead. A thunderous finish in the first half, capped off by that shot from Thon Maker. Seven Pistons have their biggest lead. Downtown! Dinwiddie, one on one with Joseph. Dinwiddie circles. Oh! That's a man jam! Still be looking at his hand. Look at this. Tars the corner on point by Dinwiddie. Man, Jared Allen gets up. 
Nets 116, Kings 97. Another big loss for Sacramento. The Kings got the job done though at home, winning all the key stats. The Kings only shot 4 of 26 from the land of plenty. The Nets hit on 12 of their 34 shots from three-point range. The rebounds, the Nets were all over that, 48-33. And it was a crazy night, really. The plus-minus was up in the Nets' favor, plus-19 to minus-19, of course, for the Kings. Let's take a look at the box score, box score very quickly on the net side of things. It was the bench output tonight from Garrett Temple. 18 points, three boards, four assists, two blocks, and he hit a couple of big shots down the stretch. Four of nine from three-point range. He kept the Nets alive. Spencer Dinwiddie, wow, he was a gun tonight. He uh, was career-best fourth straight 20-plus point game. He's lighting it up, uh, loving the fact that Kyrie is out of this Nets lineup at the moment. It's making them look like a lot more fluid team on offense and that says something about Kyrie's play, Kyrie's character and something to note that Kyrie and KD actually were not courtside for this game so wondering where they were perhaps out for dinner as their other teammates went about their business and got a very very solid win. The Nets all together look like a much more cohesive unit without Kyrie on the floor. Be interesting to see what coach Kenny Atkinson does when Kyrie is fit. Musa was good off the bench for the Nets, 10 points, 6 rebounds. A big addition this season to the starting lineup. Uh, not in the lineup every game last season. This man, Joe Harris, he was fantastic. 22 points, poured in five three-point shots, shot well, 8 of 11 from the field, and he was a gun and put the ball in his hands and watched him go to work. At the presence at the net, the presence on defense of DeAndre Jordan was sensational. Little grab there from Garrett Allen throwing down a Dinwiddie pass. That was intense. That really got the crowd in Brooklyn all shook up uh, for the unveiling of their Stuyvesant. Uh, Brooklyn Stuyvesant uh, City jersey which they'll wear in upcoming games in Brooklyn. The Nets are slowly finding their pieces, putting the pieces of the puzzle together. They moved to 6-8, and eight. the Kings now at 6-7. and seven. They had a chance to go above 500 in this game but missed it and couldn't quite take the opportunity. Not one player uh, scored above 20 points for the Kings tonight. Harrison Barnes had 18-5. and five. His career was stuck in neutral a bit after being with the Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Not too sure where he going with himself at the minute. Buddy Hield was great without being uh, too successful or a star player. He needs to take over games now, Buddy Hield. He is not doing it. 16 points, one rebound and five... Uh, five rebounds, sorry. Yeah, one rebound and five assists for Buddy Hield. Nemanja Belicia was decent, 13.7 rebounds. Off the bench, though, they, they, got, they got nothing from Corey Joseph, who came into the starting lineup tonight for the Kings. He got five points and two rebounds and five assists while playing 23 minutes. They batted really deep tonight, the Kings. They brought on Gabrielle and Jeffries for some late minutes after this game was shot in the fourth. But at the end of the day, it was all the Nets in this game. Not many would have been watching this matchup if you're a Kings or a Nets fan, but they were fantastic. Uh, Justin James was great. He uh, pulled out 14 points, three boards, and three assists. Second round pick from Wyoming. He dunked over the top of uh, DeAndre Jordan. That was pretty sick. One thing I loved about watching Nets basketball games, Iron Eagle, the commentary there, and uh, and props to Sarah Kustok, or Kustok, I think I've got her name correct, a uh, female commentator doing absolutely mad things in the NBA right now. That's 
uh, Nets on Yes commentary team is definite fire. Joe Harris caught fire tonight. The Kings still remain to be pretty irrelevant in this association. Coach Luke Walton, first-year rookie head coach in a full-time gig, of course, having spent some time coaching at the Warriors. He's getting the best out of his players with big injuries. Bagley's out, of course, uh, which, which is massive for this team. Darren Fox didn't play tonight either. Two of their guns not playing, which means they got to bat extra two deep on the bench. It didn't quite work tonight as the Nets dominated the offensive boards in most of the stats and won 116 to 97. Buddy, Buddy, all the way, hangs and scores. Oh boy, that'll get Buddy cooking right there. And Brooklyn takes a timeout. Early going, we approach the halfway mark of the first, and Brooklyn with the lead. Charges up there. Bob, there's Gafford, goes up and one hands one through. Oh. Let's rock on with Bulls and Heat. Heat got the win 116-108 in the matchup, which took place in Chicago this evening. And coming into this match, the Heat had led the NBA for points this season, 112.2 and 103.7 points allowed, which means they were up there both offensively and defensively. Three-point percentage was 40%, and tonight that lended itself to a solid shot, a solid rate, I should say, for the Heat. They shot their threes at 36.8% and hit 14 of 38. They take their threes, they make their threes. That's why the Heat has been so successful this season. They moved to 10 and three on the season. It was all Jimmy Butler and Kendrick Nunn tonight. Bam out of bio, poured in 16. He also had 14 rebounds. He was fantastic tonight for the Heat. Had six assists and three steals. They found someone there. They let Hassan Whiteside, of course, go to the Trailblazers. Hassan doesn't look interested. Same as when he was on this Heat team. And Bam Adebayo looks like he wants to make some money and make some attention happen and draw some uh, place himself. He's playing off the charts. Jimmy Butler was Jimmy Butler tonight. 27 points, five rebounds, seven assists, four steals. He got the job done. The Heat bench was pretty anonymous, only uh, a total of 28 points off their bench tonight. Kendrick Nunn, wow, what a find this guy. Signed on the last day of last season by the Heat, and uh, they got off to a 13-zip start behind Kendrick Nunn, and you would have heard, you will hear some of his highlights in the uh, Heat grab coming up after this game wrap. The Bulls offense was dead to start with. They were down by about 30 in this game, rallied back to... Only lose by eight. It looks respectable on the scoreboard, but with the kind of youth that they've got, these kind of performances are not acceptable. They had a high score of 15 points. That was Zach Levine, had 15 three rebounds, two assists, and two steals. White was great, but he is being asked to do too much of the offensive lifting. Young was okay. R Ryan Arkidiakono had 10. Harrison had 10. Gafford, 6 and 3. They're asking too much of these players. Chris Dunn was awful tonight. 8 points, 3 boards, 5 assists, 3 steals. Not good enough. Larry Markinen, this guy, should be pouring in 20 and 10 on the daily. He had 9 points and 7 rebounds. Again, not good enough. This Bulls team need to define what they're all about. Is it a coaching and player miss? Match. We've seen Monty Williams connect well with the young sons. Is this coach at the Bulls not connecting well with his young players, the young core there? There's plenty of talent there to compete, and at 5 and 10, it's not what they wanted to be at this point in the season. The Heat roll on 116 108.
It's uh, Zach Levine who went out early after just three minutes. None gets free, and it rolls in for Kendrick. Going to find some offense. He's going to sit Markinen down too. Markinen goes to the bench in place of a 13-year veteran, Thaddeus Young. That's none. That's good. Kendrick. Downtown. And all the way to score. Boy, he didn't have much room. Did Look he? at that quick reaction by. Caruso with the steal. Caruso with the steal on the full court pressure. Now they bounce to Alex reverse slam. Boy, he gets rewarded, doesn't he? Ron drives left hand, missed it initially. Got it outside. Davis counted and the foul. And another possible four point play for Anthony Davis. Lakers Thunder at OKC. This one was a fun watch. A total of 257 points put up in this one as the Lakers took the win down the stretch, 130 to 127. The Thunder dropped to five and nine on the season. The Lakers improved to 12 and two. They've now won uh, 13 of their last 14 games. They've secured a win in their sixth win in a row. And LeBron James is locked in from quarter one to quarter four. Some of the question marks this season was, of course, around LeBron James from last season. He's got AD by his side, clutch play down the stretch, LeBron offensive rebound, kicked, got his own rebound, kicked it out to AD for three in the corner. The lead for the Lakers there was only about two or three. He knocks in the three, Adams overcommits, fouls him, four-point play. AD down the stretch with his free throws was unguardable. 11 of 11 from the free throw line. 33 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. His stats haven't quite jumped off the page this season, believe it or not, for AD. But tonight, he was more than accountable, and uh, the Thunder had no matchup for him. They tried posting up Steven Adams on him a few times, had no agility, couldn't go with him, couldn't track him out to the three-point line. He had an absolute field day and three assists away from triple-double for AD. LeBron kept doing LeBron things. He is still the number one player in the NBA for assists. He poured through 14 more of those dimes tonight and dished them all over the place. Dished them to Coldwell. Now, this guy... Caldwell Pope, Contavious, KCP, 17 points on 5 of 9 shooting. This guy was blasted from all angles. Dwight Howard came out and defended him earlier in the season, but he's playing some good basketball. Danny Green, the guy they got from the Raptors, of course, last year, he is just a gun for hire. Slings it up whenever they need him to. He took four. He made four three-pointers of his six shots, made a two-pointer as well, but he was the lead plus minus on the court in just under half an hour of play. Plus 10 for Danny Green, 14 points, four rebounds. Bounce. Caruso, you'll hear him the grab that we've got on the left or the right-hand side of this wrap. He had a fantastic inbounds play off the layup. I think it was LeBron James who put a layup in. Caruso did the offensive steal, kicked it into the corner, and then ran back and cut weak side defense, exposed Thunder for their weak side defense, and cut back to the rim for a layup. He only, in the end, had five points. That was two of his five, but he was a difference maker. He's just another face on the floor that other teams need to worry about because he is pretty crafty. Rajon Rondo is settling into his bench, bench, I should say, his bench row, his bench, his bench row nicely, eight points and four assists. Dwight Howard just keeps getting things done. Non-guarantee contract, but boy is he balling. Ten points and seven rebounds. Kuzma is working his way back. He's had an injury-interrupted start to his season. We'll start seeing the best from him around the 20-25 game mark of this season, you would have thought. Ten points and two boards for Kyle Kuzma. 
On the other side of the coin, OKC haven't really got an identity right about now. I watched some of this game and CP3 in the first quarter looked like he was going through the motions. The Thunder uh, were not getting left behind though. Other players, Shea Gilders-Alexander, SGA, had 24 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He's a bright spark. If they can build around him, this team's going places. Dennis Schroeder was great tonight. Sometimes he can go missing offensively. He puts a hand up and guards everyone he can. There was one point where he was trying to work out who he was trying to guard, had no direct matchup, zone defense, uh, left him out on an island by himself. Luckily, LeBron posted up and uh, had a fadeaway tough jumper and missed it, roomed out. But he was good. Terrence Ferguson, who spent some time in the NBL with the Adelaide 36ers, he's finding his feet with every game. 11 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. The young guy, Basley, was good. And uh, Diallo, Hamadou Diallo was good tonight. 8 points, 2 rebounds. Had a great moment where he blasted by LeBron. LeBron didn't know where he was going. He put it up and put it in, did Diallo. But uh, Chris Paul, 18.7 assists. That's the big talking point for me out of this. Is he going to stick around if this Thunder team gets to about, I don't know, 20 and 35 on the season and they're looking like they're not going to make the playoffs? Are the team going to keep them around? They've got Gallinari there as well. It looks like they're, they've got some assets they can easily switch and move out. Adams, Paul and Gallinari look like some assets the Thunder could look at. Uh, getting rid of. If you have some ideas, downtownpodhoops at gmail.com or tweet us at downtownpod. We'd love to hear some trade ideas that you think the Thunder might entertain going forward. But tonight, it was just the Lakers who rolled on. They've had a couple of tough matchups uh, the past two games, but they've hung on in tight contests to take the win. 17 three-point field goal makes this season for the Lakers. As I said, sixth win in a row. Uh, put AD on skates in the last quarter, did Chris Paul, though. So it's coming back to that thing. Will they trade him? He's always been a fourth quarter player, never quite reaching the lofty heights of uh, of the top three or four players in the league. But with LeBron engaged and AD balling, the Lakers, for me, are the favorites. We've got Clippers yet to come. We'll review their matchup coming up a little bit later uh, in the show. They are in action against the Rockets tonight with Paul George and Kawhi stepping out. For, this, uh, for the Clippers at home for the first time. But in this Lakers matchup, Lakers 130, Thunder 127, and that's a wrap. Adiallo goes right by LeBron. Open space. But look at look at the speed here. He blows right by LeBron. And, and what's even more impressive? One, two, three, four yellow shirts on the same side of the floor. He gets between all of them. Downtown! Not just a three-point shooter, not just an outside shooter. Nice job putting the ball on the floor that time. Aldridge inside, count the basket and the foul. You know, Marcus Aldridge has gotten more physical than Joel Embiid in this one. And there's the front by Al Horford. The pass is right on the money over the top. And L.A. just uses his size to finish off that play. In the game that perhaps some Aussies had a vested interest in, Paddy Mills went against Ben Simmons in the battle of the Aussie guards and forwards in the 76ers and Spurs matchup this afternoon. The Sixers got the win, though, as expected, 115 to 104. They were favourites by seven and a half, so they covered that pretty nicely. And the Spurs now dropped to five and 11. They began the season, hard to believe, at uh, at five and zip. So they've uh, dropped six or seven games in a row now. The San Antonio Spurs. They are well and truly on the slide. I wonder if anybody ever saw this happening from them this season. Coach Pop certainly didn't. Tim Duncan, the coach there, didn't. Perhaps Becky Hammond might get a bit of a role with uh, the. 
coaching soon. Maybe Coach Pop might step aside very shortly. But sussing the box score out for the Spurs, it was some bench action in the last few minutes that didn't really uh, pull the margin back at all. The starters did what starters do. DeMarta Rosen, I mean, that guy... Puts a hand up on defense, but he loves to score his own ball. Loves to play isolation offense, but cannot do much of this team to stop other teams from scoring right now. 29.7 rebounds, two assists, one steal. Looks good in the box score, but did he contribute to helping the Spurs win tonight? I mean, you could say he did with the points like that, but there's a different argument for perhaps being too much of a liability. Rudy Gay did Rudy Gay things. He had a fantastic little cute step back three that he got fouled on for a four-point play. That was real nice. Um, and Rudy continuing to prove it's okay to be gay. 22 points, four rebounds, eight of 11 shooting. He was, uh, he was elite Rudy Gay, but he's getting towards the end of his career. The Spurs, again, relying on veterans. It's just not making much of an impact this season. Good segue into LMA, LaMarcus Aldridge. This guy has said recently he wants to head back to Portland. Can the Spurs get a deal done? Could they bring Hassan Whiteside in perhaps and make him accountable and under a coach pop defense? That could be something that could uh, improve Hassan's game. But LaMarcus, 17 points, 6 rebounds. Looks a bit old, looks a bit slow, looks a bit tired. And on this team, he needs some fast and active and offensively minded point guards and players around him. And all the Spurs had tonight was DeJounte Murray. He only played 23 minutes. He only scored 9 points, had 4 steals, 4 assists. Not good enough. Paddy Mills injected into the starting lineup the last game, had five points tonight, had four assists, only took five shots in 26 minutes. In my view, the problem with these Spurs is they're not taking their own shot. A lot of the players are looking to pass off and give and hand out buckets to other players, and uh, and often they are open. And once you pass an open shot, it means that the next guy you pass to is going to have two or three defenders on his toe, on his ass, uh, and it's not going to work out well. Take your shot when you're open, make your shot. If you don't, well, doesn't matter. Take the next one. For the Sixers, it was once again a very round performance with six guys in double figures, including another trip dub for Ben Simmons. Did not take a three-point shot tonight, Ben Simmons, so uh, he's probably lost a bit of a bonus on his contract. <laughs> probably not. Ten points, ten boards, though, and 13 dimes. He dished them tonight. Did Ben Simmons had three of ten from the uh, from the field, but uh, four of eight from the free throw line. Beefed up his points to make sure he secured that trip dub. Embiid twenty one of fourteen, three assists. Al Horford was back. This was the Al Horford from the Celtics and the Hawks days. Tonight he was active, uh, maybe because he went against an old an Aldridge, someone who was a bit old, a bit slow against the Gay tonight in his direct matchups. He looked better. Eighteen points, nine rebounds, six assists. If Al keeps playing like this, then this is what the seventy six has bought him for and that and this kind of play can help them perhaps uh, make an impact in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, in the playoffs because right now the Celtics and the Bucks are well above this Sixers team in terms of output and star quality. Tobias Harris, well, welcome to the NBA season, Toby. 26.6 rebounds, 4 assists. This bloke has not uh, enjoyed a firm start to the NBA season this time, uh, but he brought it tonight. He's 27 years old, of course. He's, the, he's uh, the round one 19th pick way back in 2011. He's only been averaging about 17 points and seven rebounds tonight. He upped that to 26 points. His shooting was elite tonight. The Spurs, once again, their defense lets them down every single time. So can Tobias Harris continue? We'll soon find out. And the man of the match for me, though, this guy, Furk. 
Furkan, I think I've probably sworn in a different language there, I'm not too sure. Furkan Korkmaz, now it's not a name you've got to kind of like pick the letters out and rearrange to make a word, no, no, this guy is a Turkish pro, uh, he's 22, he's come into this lineup. Uh, Josh Richardson didn't play tonight and he was unbelievable tonight, uh, was Furkan Korkmaz. 6 of 12, 4 of 7 from 3, doesn't quite shout out, you know, star, 17 points, 4 rebounds, no assists, 2 steals, you're saying to me, yeah, yeah, whatever. Those four threes came at clutch moments. The Spurs kept pegging back and pegging back. And whether it was Furkan or it was James Ennis stepping out, those guys hit seven threes between them. Tobias Harris hit three himself, uh, but it was Furkan Korkmaz who led this team. The hustle he brings on defense too. Oh my goodness, forcing some of the the put the passes from the Spurs to go astray um, was absolutely crucial in this win for the Sixers. The Spurs lose seven in a row, 104, 76ers 115. They roll on and there's a bit of a gap forming in the Eastern Conference. Under four minutes to play, third quarter. Off for Aldridge, that's great help defense by Tobias Harris. What a pass to Simmons who throws it down! Ben gets the downtown. Now to Colin Sexton, who just came into the game. Sexton and Thompson, who has the shot eaten by Porzingis. Hardaway to Clarence. Throw it down, big man. Next game on the slate, it was the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Dallas to face the Luka Doncic, Ma the, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, I mean. But boy, let's just cut this game uh, recap right there because Luka Doncic, this guy, can win the MVP. I've said it. There it is. This guy can beat the types of LeBron, Giannis, and he can be the MVP of the NBA. Maybe not this year. Just put a bit of an asterisk by that statement. Maybe the next few years. But this guy is out of this world. He came to play again, played more minutes tonight than the last game. He played 28 minutes tonight, had 30 points, 7 rebounds, 14 assists in just under half an hour of play. That is intense. That is amazing. When you think of what this guy's done in his previous few games, he is the only player alongside LeBron and Giannis to be averaging that 25, that almost 10 and 10 on the assists and the rebounds. This guy is in a class above. He's a gun, an absolute gun, but he's the but. He won't be averaging 11 assists without quality shooting from his Mavs teammates. And I'm talking about Dorian Finney-Smith. He was intense in the first quarter, hit two big threes. Tim Hardaway Jr. was alert, active. It looks like he is enjoying getting out of New York this season in Dallas. He uh, He's in a great system. Rick Carlisle has been there for a good, uh, a long time now after taking them to the playoffs when Dirk was there and winning a ring uh, in NBA Finals as coach. But the other guys, that's what I'm talking about, the other guys in Dallas are helping Doncic be great. He wouldn't have 14 assists if Porzingis wasn't running to the point and running to the three-point line or cutting into the basket. He wouldn't have 14 assists if uh, if JJ Barea didn't get out there and have some minutes. This guy off the bench, buried deep on the bench this year, fan favorite JJ Barea, he got out there and put up some shots. Uh, Boban Marjanovic, the guy who touches the ceiling when he yawns, this guy went out there and had nine points and six rebounds in 17 minutes. Yes, the Mavs won 143, the Cavs 101. If you're surprised with that scoreline, then you should probably go listen to some other 
other podcasts. I'll stop following the NBA because the Cavs are crap and the Mavs are amazing. But a 42-point win. Now, I'm just going to run you through the Mavs' last few games. The Mavs have scored 143, 142, 117, 110 in their past four games. And if you can get some quick maths out for me, tweet me at Downtown Pod. That adds up to well in excess of 500 points, I believe, in their past four games. And here is an awesome stat. In their last three games, they have only trailed for a total of two minutes and 41 seconds. Take that stat. Use it. In their last three games, the Mavs have only trailed for a total of two minutes and 41 seconds. Unbelievable. Now, a bit of an uh, observation. I was watching this game. The Nets seem to be a bit longer in Dallas. I'm not sure if you uh, tune into your Mavs broadcast or your Dallas Mavericks basketball, if you suss that out next time you watch. But have a look. But have a look. Let's give a little bit of time for the Cavs. And look, they started the game beautifully. It was a one-point margin at quarter time. And you thought, okay, okay, maybe they figured out Luka on the offensive end and the defensive end. But from there, it was just all Mavericks. There was nothing they could do to stop them in the end. Colin Sexton was great. He was alert. Some subs, some stats, I should say, some points for the Cavs. Garland was great, 23 points. He was elite tonight. Kevin Love did absolutely nothing. He was trashed. He was he was sickening to watch, really, was Kevin Love. It's like he knew it was a loss from the first minute he stepped on court, and they need to deal him. I'm convinced. Trade Kevin Love to someone who is actually competing. Get some youth in. Kevin Love is rotting away on this roster. He needs to go, and go now. If you have a different opinion, tweet us at Downtown Ball. Uh, they've got some excellent role players. Uh, Tristan Thompson's still there. I mean, you can dump him, maybe, for a packet of chips and a Coke can. Whatever. Colin Sexton, amazing. 14 points, 5 assists, 4 of 12 shooting. If this guy's going to stick around and make waves in the NBA, he's got to lift his shooting average. It's just that simple. His shooting is not good enough right now. Sidai Osman, well, you'd probably think you'd get more out of a uh, of a cedar tree than a Sidai Osman. But uh, look, he was good. 18 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. On an Aussie perspective, Delaver Dover only got 4 minutes. Nothing to write home about there for him. Uh, Brandon Knight plays in the Cavs. I didn't know that. Remember his his big exploits, the Bucks, and he went to the Suns, and that was an absolute disgrace there. But back on the Mavs, Porzingis looked like he picked up an injury in this game, but he finished the game and played it out well at 17.7 rebounds, four blocks in the end, the big man, the big unicorn, the big horn. Um, and look, an all-round, everyone except Ryan Brokoff scored in this game for the Mavs, uh, all the way down to uh, Maxi Kleber um, and Dwight Powell, who in fact got the start for the Mavs tonight, but uh, he poured in six points. But they are so well-rounded, they don't rely on Doncic. He just finds guys when they are open and takes his shots when he can. Can. Um, he is a dead set lock for the All-Star team. Could he attract the most votes this year from the people? Well, that's something that I would like to hear from you. At Downtown Pod, could he? Not too sure. It was the Mavs, 143. The Cavs, 101. A 42-point win for Dallas. Smith feels back to Powell off the Porzingis for a straightaway three. Missed that. A long rebound. Picked up by Noom. It's Sexton. Sexton on the run to the basket. Nobody faster. Downtown! Another steal. Tatum trying to jump, just seemed to stole it out over the top. Head fake, he'll fly right by you, Goose. Mm -hmm. Laid it up. It was a battle in the mile-high city of two of the finest teams in the NBA. One from the east, one from the west. The Nuggets welcomed the Celtics into Denver and defeated them 96-92. It was a low-scoring encounter, considering some of the other matches in the NBA this season. The Nuggets brought the Celtics down to their defensive quality, and the Ticks couldn't quite overcome the Nuggets' hard and fast offense. 
The headline story you'll see everywhere off this game is Kemba Walker. He collided headfirst with Semi Ojale uh, late in the game in the third quarter. He was taken off the court on a stretcher. And uh, the news coming out from Adrian Wojnarowski, bit of a good Walsh bomb this time. He has broken that. It's just concussion-like symptoms. Kemba Walker will be okay. But uh, perhaps watch this space to see when he returns. In terms of the box score, let's check it now. For the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown led the way, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Jason Tatum, 16 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Marcus Smart was decent tonight, had 15 points and 6 rebounds. Brad Wanamaker was one of my favorite players. He had 14 points, 4 assists, and 5 of 8 shooting from the field. Plus 18, his time on court, the only Celtic to be in the plus-minus over 10. The only other one uh, for the Nuggets in the plus-minuses. They were all there, and the biggest one of the game was Paul Millsap. We'll get to his stats very, very soon. Off the bench, Daniel Tice was in the starting lineup, I should say. He finished on the bench. He had seven points, three boards, and two blocks. The Nugs were too good. Jamal Murray, his shooting has to improve, but he had 22 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Paul Millsap chimed in 14 points, 10 assists, and Nikola Jokic, absolutely huge. He's rebounded from a quiet start to his season personally. Had a triple-double with 18 points, 16 rebounds, and 10 assists. The big story, though, the Nuggets and Celtics. This could be a preview play of the NBA Finals for some people. The Nuggets and the Celtics both have the best defenses in the league right now. They're allowing 102.3 points to Nuggets, and the Celtics 104.4 points. The Celtics have been scoring more while allowing less, but tonight the Nuggets held to, held the ticks to 20 points less than their average points scored, and they didn't quite cover. Denver were minus five going to this. It was a very low scoring matchup. The bookies expected a very high scoring matchup. The over-under set at 206.5. The total points in this game was 188. The Nuggets 96, the Celtics 92. Keep pushing it. Want to make it? Uses Tice, goes back to Tice for two. Great job, quick decision, pushing the basketball. Don't let the Denver Nuggets set their defense. Quick, gets the hit, immediately throws it up, and Tice throws it down. Downtown! It's not a fluke, he can shoot the ball. A pass behind Gray, and here comes Chris Hanley. Marquise, oh, behind the back, come on now. And Spellman hit the three. Okay. Wait a minute. Warriors and Jazz. Jazz got the win 113, 109 in a four point game. In Utah, the Warriors surprised early and matched it with the Jazz. They, in fact, only were down by two at quarter time. The Jazz soon rebounded to lead by 14 points at halftime and 18 at the last break. The Warriors made an almighty close, outscoring the Jazz 37-23 in the fourth quarter, but the Jazz held firm and it was them who dominated the rebound count, 48-37. The assists were won by the Warriors, 28-23. When it came to the stats, it was a solid team effort across the board for the Jazz that got the job done. Dono Mitchell rocked up tonight, 30 points, four rebounds, four assists and a steal. Bogdanovich was huge, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Not just huge in his frame, but huge in his production. Rudy Gobert, 19 rebounds. I keep thinking with Rudy Gobert, he needs to produce more in the offensive end if this Jazz team are going to make a playoff run. Only had 8 points. 
and I feel that he needs to become more of an offensive threat. I'll go back to Rudy Gobert's numbers in a sec, but great for the Jazz was Mike Conley's contribution off the bench. He may be, he may go down as the only player, or one of the best players, I should say, to never make an all-star team. Uh, would that be a good thing for uh, him to brag in the future? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, Rudy Gobert, back to him, he's averaging 13.7 points this season, so he was well under tonight. He was held well, in fact, by the combination of Corley Stein and Eric Pascal. And I'll get to that a bit later on as well in this wrap-up. Emmanuel Moutier, he was good, 11 points, two rebounds. Dante Exum on the Aussie factor had two points, one assist as he came on for six and a half minutes of game time. He's working his way back ever so slowly. Ingles and O'Neal didn't bring anything for the Jazz, so it's... Much a case of when Dono Mitchell has a night off, the Jazz have a night off, and that explains their 9-5 and five and their inconsistencies this season. For the Warriors, it was Alec Burks who was sensational again. He had 20 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals, and even though right now there is some pain for this Warriors team, Warriors fans... I still believe next season, or perhaps even later this season, when they get their stars back. Curry, Thompson may come back for a late push if they manage to squall themselves to 500, but I doubt it. They'll have D'Angelo Russell back in the lineup soon. These Warriors are going to come back, and they're going to come back hard, because the likes of Poole, Pascal, Marquise Chris, they're getting 25 minutes a game at the moment. Bowman got 36 minutes tonight. Robinson, 35. Uh, Spellman, 28. And this can only mean good things for their NBA development. Spell 18 points, 5 rebounds. Robinson, 17 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. Bowman, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. The future of this Warriors lineup, I hate to say, with all the, the, the dominance in recent years, is actually looking quite bright. But it wasn't enough tonight to sing the street tunes as the Jazz came away with the win. Tight in the end, but always comfortable. 113, 109. I mean, this was the situation that any player would have loved to play in. Absolutely. You know, as A.B. picks up that block shot by Gobert, he'll drive, denied, and Joe Ingles on the run. Here comes Royce O'Neal, kicking out bogey. Steps back for three. Got it. Downtown! 20 plus 8 foot shot. And now you need to come back and guard Lou Williams in the possession to get a early foul. Trez gets in the channel. Oh my! Look out below! I play 2K all the time. Just look at this possession. I'm just going to bully ball you, push you out the way, and I'm going to finish at the rim with authority. I love it, Trez. Trez has struggled. All right, lucky last, the Clippers and the Rockets. This was some matchup, an amazing game that went down all the way to the wire. The Rockets proved why they will be there at the pointy end of the season, but the Clippers proved why they are the ones to beat in the association. James Harden was huge yet again with 37 points, 8 boards and 12 assists. Ben McLemore was the surprise star for this one. 14 points, 4 of 9, 3-point range. Hit some big threes. Tucker, good defensively. Cephalosha came up big with a couple of key plays. 8 points. Clint Capella, 17 points, 19 rebounds. Austin Rivers, 10 points against his dad. Hit a couple of clutch threes back-to-back -back at one stage in this game. And uh, a great contribution of, uh, for Russell Westbrook with the shooting was well down. 9 of 22 on his 22 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. It was one of the first times at home the home crowd had seen Paul George and Kawhi go up against a team. And they didn't disappoint. But the star of the game once again was the perennial six-man of the year, Lou Williams. 26 points, 3 boards, 8 assists. 
Kawhi had 24, George had 19, 14 rebounds and 10 assists between them. Montrez Harrell was big again, having a massive season. Montrez had 18 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks and a steal. He stuffed the stat sheet. But in this game, it was pretty much all the Rockets in the first half. They were scoring and scoring huge, but they do not know how to stop another team from scoring. Taking a look at the game stats and the matchup, it was pretty much the Rockets who were in control at halftime, even though they didn't have the lead. The Rockets skipped out to a lead in the third quarter, but the big scoring clips in the last quarter, they scored 42 points. The Clippers scored 49 points in the second and third combined. The Rockets couldn't hold them away in the last, though. They scored 42 and took the win. The Rockets, they put up their usual 43-point uh, shots, 40-plus always for them. They made 15. It was a very even st stats game across the board. The Clippers won the assists by five, uh, but the free throws, it was a bit of a dagger for the Rockets. They only made 26 from 38. That's 12 misses at 68%, which means if they made four of those, then they could have defeated the Clippers tonight. The Clips, in comparison, only missed five, and that's one of the looks on the stat sheet that could be a decider deciding factor when it comes down to playoff basketball. But James Harden balled, and it was still the Clippers that got the job done in the end, though. Clips, 122, Rockets, 119. Both moved to 11-5 records. And there goes the wave, the double team, poked away by Paul George, but Tucker dives on it, gets it back out, Harden hits a three. All right, time for the breaking news on Downtown Pod at Downtown Pod on Twitter with your breaking news and email us, downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. If you find some news that we miss out, we will give you a shout out on the show. Let's get stuck into today's breaking news. And the biggest story of the day, Kemba Walker has taken a nasty fall colliding head-on with teammate Semi Ojale. He was taken off the court on a stretcher, but Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN has reported that he is okay and suffering concussion-like symptoms. Andre Drummond's having a season, but the Pistons are not. And the rumor is out there now substantiated by Sean Devaney of Heavy, and the target for the Charlotte Hornets is Andre Drummond. The Hornets projects to have about $27 million in cap space next summer. That might be enough to lure Drummond in with a multi-year deal. Drummond has played at the Pistons, which isn't a destination team, but neither is Charlotte. They'd also get an upgrade over Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo if Drummond was to move to Hornet City. The NBA Players Union has appealed both of Dion Waiters' suspensions for conduct this season. He was suspended the first game of the season for the Heat for conduct detrimental to the team following a clash with coaches and management. Then got another 10-game suspension for conduct detrimental to the team right after, but not related to his panic attack on the team plane following his apparent overdose on THC-laced gummy bears. The Players' Union will be appealing both suspensions. Harassment charges leveled against Lakers' DeMarcus Cousins have been dropped. He got married this past summer, but his seven-year-old son didn't attend the wedding due to a dispute with the boy's mother and cousin's ex-girlfriend, Christy West. That blew up into an ugly situation where Cousins was charged in Alabama with third-degree harassing communications misdemeanor, which was tied into the situation. 
A report has come out of New York which says that the Knicks lured David Fisdale with a plan of signing marquee and multiple free agents. When hiring Fizz, New York was apparently focused on this plan. Tim McMahon of ESPN said that Fisdale had other offers, but they pitched him on the idea they were going to go out and secure big-time free agents. Fisdale might have looked like the type of coach Stars wants when the Grizz fired him. Several big-name players, including LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Damian Lillard, showed support. But it was always a foolish idea to hire a coach based on a recommendation from a player he'd never even coached. The execution of the Knicks' pitches to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard fell flat and now Fisdale is stuck with a lackluster roster and his job is in jeopardy. Some good news for Pelicans fans, NBA fans and basketball fans. Reggie Miller has reported that Zion Williamson could return in mid-December. It's amazing because Reggie Miller is not known for his uh, his breaking news drops, but Reggie did say that sources tell him the rookie is on track to return in less than four weeks. If your reaction is mm, to Reggie Miller's news, well, fair enough. But in this case, you may want to listen. Miller has been talking to GMs, coaches, and front office types. And secondly, what he says fits the already established timeline for Williamson's return from knee surgery, which was around or before Christmas. So it's not quite breaking news, but perhaps some confirmed information that his recovery is going better or as expected. If you're a Celtics fan, you'd be happy with this. Team trader and owner Danny Ainge has told everybody in the league that Gordon Haywood and Marcus Smart are not available in any trade scenarios whatsoever. Good news for keeping the crew together who are on their way to perhaps becoming the first seed in the Eastern Conference this season and making a run for the NBA Finals. Now Kyrie Irving has gone, many players have lifted that extra 5-10% to and the Celtics look a better team on the court on offense and defense. Speaking of Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets have announced he is out of the next road trip, which is three games long for the Brooklyn Nets. This might not be bad news for the Nets. They've won their last two games, scoring over 100 points in both when Irving has missed. Could it be that without Irving, all the players are learning better chemistry and trusting each other more to take more shots and create more offense between them? Well, I guess we'll find out over the next three games and Irving with his shoulder injury misses. Both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were not spotted tonight as the Nets saw off the Sacramento Kings in a big victory at Brooklyn Barclays Center in New York. Downtown. We're done for another episode of Downtown. Get on Twitter right now at Downtown Pod and tweet us, follow us, please share, please retweet. We love your interaction. Thanks to all our new followers since last episode. We've wrapped all the games across the association every Saturday and Sunday. It's a bumper app. We get more time to produce the the pod so we can bring you some audio highlights hope you've enjoyed that our weekday pods will just be some game recaps and breaking news the weekend saturday sunday get the chance to give you even more downtown pod to fill your ears with all the nba goodness you can get yourself into get involved email us downtownpodhoops at gmail.com we want to hear from you your thoughts your comments suggestions and questions record yourself be part of the show become a co-host that's downtownpodhoops at gmail.com 
gmail.com with anything you want to contribute. We'd love to hear from you. We'll give you a shout out. We'll get some Q&A going next week on the show at Twitter at Downtown Pod. We are now on Facebook. Find us at Facebook slash Downtown Pod and uh, comment, do whatever you like and we'll, we'll reply to all your messages on Twitter and on Facebook and the email. We are, as always, on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher and our podcast hosting site, Red Circle. Thank you, Red Circle. This has been another app of Downtown Pod Hoops. We're back tomorrow, Sunday, with yet another weekend bumper episode of Downtown Pod. Your home of hoops. As always, keep it easy. Downtown!